This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You're listening to the Happy as a Mother podcast, and today I am so excited to welcome back Dr. Asharina Reem. Now, it's so interesting being on this journey of podcasting and building an Instagram community because Dr. Reem and I met roughly a year ago now or so, and we have just become Instagram besties, soon to be real life besties. I have learned and grown so much as a result of, you know, being connected with her and following her Instagram page. So you guys are in for a real treat today. Dr. Ashri Nareem is a licensed clinical psychologist, and she's got advanced training in maternal mental health. She specializes in treating during that adjustment to motherhood postpartum period, and today we are addressing mommy burnout. In this episode today, you're going to learn how to recognize burnout, why moms are so prone to it, and, and why this is something that we need to be paying attention to and managing as moms. Before jumping in, let's hear the iTunes review of the week. This week's review comes from Mountain Queen, titled Brilliant and So Needed. A brilliant and honest podcast looking at a fantastic set of topics, really needed by moms everywhere. You can tell a lot of effort has gone into this podcast and it makes all the difference. Subscribe now. Thank you so much for this review. Again, I love your feedback. This is really what drives home that this is making a difference for you guys. Now, let's hear from my friend, Dr. Asharina Reem. Welcome to the Happy as a Mother podcast, where we are dedicated to helping you cope with the load of motherhood. I'm your host and registered psychotherapist, Erica Jossa. Let's work together in letting go of shame and guilt, accepting where we are in our journey, and moving towards becoming the women we want to be. We will hear from experts, learn practical tips, and listen in on honest conversations. Please note that the information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not replace the advice of your healthcare provider. Okay, let's dive in. Asherina, thank you so much for joining us again today. We're going to talk about mommy burnout and I'm so excited to have you back. Thank you so much for having me. Because I've had you on a couple of times before and people are getting to know you and, you know, I'm sure we share a similar audience, rather than having you talk about um, how you got into the field, which we've covered before, why don't I ask you some really random kind of like rapid fire questions? (laughs) Okay. Does that sound okay? I really have no idea where this is going to go. I've never done it. I randomly just Googled a list. So like, I mean, let's do it. Let's see what, what comes out of it. All right. If you could be a superhero, who would you be and why? Oh my gosh, that's already hard. I know. Why is that so hard? (laughs) I'm not really into superheroes. So I I don't know. Let's see. Um, One that could fly. I mean, I guess that Wonder Woman, we could say Wonder Woman and keep it moving. Like Catwoman, those are all the women. You could be a man. No one, like, you could be whoever you want. 
I, that's funny because I was like, does Superman fly? I, yeah, he yeah. does. Okay, Superman. <laughs> that's a win. Let's do that one. All right. Favorite summer activity. Favorite summer activity. So something about me, I'm not a beach person. I don't like to go to the beach. What? See, you me clearly do not live in Canada because we pay the big bucks to land on any beach. <laughs> no, gosh, not no. my thing. Okay. No, I love, I mean, I do love to be outside, except I live in Arizona, so you can't go outside. But I like to travel, obviously, out of here and probably go to a concert concert mm-hmm. i haven't been to a concert in in a good many years I we have to say. change this i know, <laughs> I know. This. like just you know become a mummy and like all these things stop no it stopped oh. before that but i have <laughs> been to a significant amount of backstreet boy concerts in my life let's just <laughs> say that okay um we'll moving do right along <laughs> excuse me okay what is one of your weird quirks my weird quirks. Oh my gosh. I have so many. <laughs> I have so many. And if you were a fly on the wall, like I, my husband is always like, are you okay? Are you okay in there? I talk to myself all the time. I, you know what? I feel like I could see that. I feel like I could see that getting to know you. Like I feel like, <laughs> I bet it's really good dialogue and conversation. Like I could learn some things. I feel like. Mm. Yeah. So I, I, I talk to myself and when I get really nervous, especially if I'm like by myself and I'm practicing something, I, my voice will go like, I make all kinds of weird noises. And he's like, seriously, like, are you okay in there? My office. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm normal. I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And like, let's ask a mommy related question. Of course on this um, list, there are no mommy related questions, but what is a burning mommy related question? Hmm. What is one of the biggest things you had the hardest time adjusting to in motherhood? Um, my loss of freedom. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. actually, like more specifically, just not being able to be as spontaneous as I used to be. So um, my husband and I are both babies of the family. And we were just crazy spontaneous. Like one night, I think I've told you this before, drove to Vegas at like 10 p.m. Yeah. And we were ready to go get married. This is when we were engaged. Like we are those people and we drove all the way there. And so we were just like, get up and go really spontaneous, never at home, like all weekend, any free time. And I mean, clearly like parenting requires you to be home just a bit more. And I mean, some parents can still get up and go and do a lot of things, but it was an adjustment to get used to being more of a homebody. Yeah. Yeah. I really felt that transition with my third. I don't know why it took me three kids. And I said this like in previous interviews where the first child like I adjusted to, but I was still out like my whole mat leave doing all kinds of things. Second one like slowed me down a bit, but he was such a chill baby that like he really went with the flow. Mm -hmm. Third baby came along and like the wheels just started to fall off for me. You know, like I just, me taking out three kids, three and under on my own anywhere was Mm -hmm. just like an impossible feat. And I was totally homebound. And that was just like foreign to me. That really took some major adjusting, um, like that loss of freedom or loss of like just getting up and going out with the kids and stuff even. So I hear you on that. I can't Um, imagine. So yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, my kid was colicky and (laughs) But I can't imagine doing it with three kids because I would have been on the struggle bus with three under three. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, it it's uh, it's interesting. I've learned a lot about myself, you know, and how to try and regulate myself. <laughs> and it's I'm gonna have to ask you about that. If I we ever decide to grow our family, I'm gonna we're gonna circle back around and I'm gonna ask you all of the things. I will be here. I will be here. <laughs> um, it's a good segue into this whole you know mommy burnout conversation, mm-hmm. though, because like this adjustment into motherhood is something like you know, I could have never anticipated or expected. Um, And then this shift of priorities, like you go from just prioritizing yourself and all your self-care and all the things you want to do and the socializing and the events and the adventure to um, really prioritizing and focusing on this little dependence needs. And that really changes your lifestyle and all kinds of things. So burnout is different than, you know, being in like a depressive mood or episode. So how would somebody know um, what burnout looks like or feels like for them? Well, I like to compare it because the research that they've done with burnout is related to the workplace burnout. So if you've ever experienced that kind of relationship in the workplace, then you're familiar with it. So most of the research that started in workplace burnout, and then they thought, you know, parents are clearly working at their career of being a parent for just as many hours, if not more. And we found that it's nearly doubled or in some cases tripled. Um, They're experiencing the same thing. So it's this chronic exposure to stress. Mm -hmm. And if when I say that, I feel like every parent, every mom is like, yes, that's me, right? That's what I've experienced. And it's not just that you're stressed for the moment. It's this overwhelming exhaustion that you're feeling. Like you just feel physically tired and you feel disconnected from your role as a parent. And it's not that I don't love my child and I don't like love them, but you just can't offer them anymore because you are so run down and you also feel ineffective. So, so in the workplace, when we're doing far too many things, it's really hard to be effective in our role. And it's Mm -hmm. the same thing that we experience as parents. When we are stretched so thin and our responsibilities are far too great, we cannot be good, right, at all of those roles. It's just not possible. So we feel like we're failing because the roles exceed our abilities or um, we talk about like demand, like supply and demand. We're one person. We can't do all of those things. It's, it brings up a really interesting thought about, like, I see all of these posts about, you know, when my mom was raising me, the expectations were like, you know, toss me some food every once in a while to being a mom in 2020 with all of this research and all of these statistics and all of this stuff and all these expectations about being on for your kid all the time, no screen time or limiting screen time, home cooked meals with no preservatives and no food coloring or like all of the um, sort of best practices or really high expectations that mom have, like moms mm-hmm. have, that I think contributes to this, this burnout, trying to do all the things in all areas, like full tilt, 100% on all aspects of motherhood, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, we are now obviously exposed to a lot of information, but there is this unspoken responsibility that we have to be therapists to our kids. We have to be dietitians. We have to be 
sleep experts. We have to have a tight routine. And it's a lot. It's a lot for anybody to take on all of those responsibilities and perfect them. And often there is one parent who is taking on that load. So now not only do you have to go find all that information, you have to digest all that information, but now you have to implement it. So it is very consuming and very exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about it. Like then you add on another level of working moms Mm -hmm. or mom transitioning back into the workplace. And depending on the type of role that she might carry at work and the, the stress and the responsibility that comes with that, and then also being often the one that carries that that load and that responsibility at home, right? Yes, absolutely. There's it's just far too much to manage. They actually did a like a research study on um, an engineering company. They followed them for three years, and they I mean this doesn't seem like rocket science, but they followed them for three years, and they recognized that breaks, taking breaks, were essential in decreasing accidents in the workplace. And we think about like a mom who's working and managing home life, work life, all of those things that she's trying to learn along the way. And one of the biggest things and one of the common things that I hear from moms is I don't get to take a break. Mm. And when you don't get to take a break, of course, you're going to experience some kind of burnout, but you're also going to be ineffective in your role because you can't possibly carry that load and you can't do it alone. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a really important conversation for us to have, like the things that contribute to this burnout, right? So Mm -hmm. we've got like this, the expectations for like all the responsibility, all of the information and sort of best practices that we're exposed to. And then I think that also this like – I was looking at, and I'm actually working on a post about different personality types that are more prone to like anxiety or depression or burnout because – of like perfectionism and oh wanting to, yes. yeah, like how that <laughs> contributes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I talk about this in my, um, I talk about this in my mini course, but in my upcoming course, Keeping Mommy in Mind. And I talk about like, when you have a tendency to be perfectionistic, like, or a people pleaser, or you found that you really value control in your life and you like things to be in order and they've always gone a certain way, maybe even before you became a parent, you were high achieving, you liked things to be in, you had a routine. Those are the moms that struggle the most with that transition because kids bring on some disruption in your schedule and your routine and your ability to have that much control. So that is a really hard thing to accept and a really hard thing to work around when you have that kind of personality. Like, did you just describe my personality or like, do you know self included? Like, uh, because I'm pretty sure that I gave birth to my firstborn and within like a couple of hours had a shower, had my hair done, had makeup on. My midwife came back in and was like, do you have makeup on? Like, what are you doing? And then like years later, I'm taking my maternal mental health certificate and they're talking about like the perfectionist mom, <laughs> like, you know, like for like perfectionism as a sort of like a risk of postpartum anxiety, depression. And I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like, yeah, that that's totally me. Like wanting to, um, like I'm a planner, I'm an achiever. I like to forecast things. I like to organize and have a sense of, um, like making progress and achieving and like all of those things. Right. Mm -hmm. So then you, you hand me this baby that comes with no manual. And I really, as a first time, I'm having no idea what I'm doing or what I'm in for. 
And it's a recipe for trying to live up to everybody else's expectations. Mm -hmm. And this is, again, and I've talked to you about this and, and I've mentioned it on the podcast before. This is really where my, um, my motherhood roadmap guide came from, like the journal experience. Because if you don't really know your values and if you don't really have a sense of what is important to you and your values, all of this information becomes so overwhelming and you spend your time trying to live up to the expectations of your mother, your mother-in-law, the friends at the mommy group because they're parenting or making certain decisions for their family that you think, you know, that you have to take on. But it's so important to kind of tune into yourself and your family and have your own established values during this time as well. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And I can relate to that. I mean, that's very much who I am as a person. So motherhood was like a shocker (laughs) when you feel like you can't be efficient. And I think that is what's hard. Like just a simple task of cleaning your kitchen (laughs) with a kid in tow is you can't do it. Like there's just things that you just can't do quite like you used to before. And it doesn't mean that it's not worth it to be a mom. It doesn't mean that you are less able or capable. It just means that things are different and that's okay. And that there's a process through where we accept and we work with what we have, but also understanding that it's okay to not be working at a high level 100% of the time. That's quite all right. It's, it brings up a really distinct memory of mine that I had um, with like a boss slash coworker when I was transitioning back after my first maternity leave. And I was just like wrestling with like, how do I get things done? Like, it it sounds like a really Mm -hmm. simple question, but I was used to as like a a single or like married person with no dependents, like I used to chunk out three and four hours of time for work or for papers or for paperwork or things around the house and tasks that needed to be done. And now I'm having to try to balance going back to work and being this professional and doing things in like sometimes 15, 20 minute increments when I have little moments here and there to having these big chunks of time. And so I just remember being in this like, you know, my whole structure and how I go about life is also shifting, trying to manage, you know, all of the pieces of motherhood. Mm-hmm. And that brings up like so much resentment for moms. And I mean, that's something when we feel like it's really hard and we can only work in those increments of time. I know something that came up for me and comes up for a lot of moms, especially moms who are really feeling that burnout is when you feel like you don't have that support network. This is when you start that comparison game where you say like, so-and-so has this kind of help and support and it must be so easy for her to do these things because she has all this help Yeah, and that can spiral quickly and dangerously. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, that's a comment I get a lot. Like when I'll put out a question box in my stories on Instagram saying like, you know, how's everybody doing today? Like, what's your need today? You know, like, what would you say you're needing in this moment? And it's like support, 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 support all the time. It's like a break support. And yes, we, we need more support. Like I, I would crave more support right now with my three boys. We don't really have any family that lives around. Um, but there are things that we can do to help ourselves and like manage our own self-care and boundaries so that 
I don't know, we're taking care of ourselves. That's not to mm-hmm. say that we don't need a break and we don't need the support because we totally do. But then there's like things that we can rely on others for in terms of coping and help. But then there are also ways that we can support ourselves and independent coping skills and things that we can do to help with this burnout, right? Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. Because there's a difference. It's like when we compare self-care, what that used to look like before I had my son versus now. There's there's just change. There's a change there. But even when I look at levels of support in, in my brain, the expectation is it would be really nice to have an overnight with my husband or you know have somebody I really trust live close by that I could leave him with like a grandparent for a couple of nights. But realistically, there are things that we can do throughout our day, throughout our week, throughout like every single moment that can help to improve our mood without needing, I mean, like some elaborate thing to happen. Because if we're waiting on some elaborate thing to happen, it's going to be fleeting and it's going to, they're going to be far and few between and we're going to be waiting so long for that kind of stuff. Oh, you are like speaking directly to (laughs) my heart right now. Like, you know, I was just having this conversation with my husband yesterday. Like we say things like, you know, oh, when we get a night away or, oh, I can't wait till we can like actually go on a vacation together. But we had this conversation. We don't want to miss out on the moments, the little moments we can steal away now together, just waiting on this big event to happen, you know, and -hmm. those little moments and those little ways that we prioritize each other are so important in the meantime until we earn back some of that freedom when our kids are older, right? Like we don't want to grow apart in the process or not not invest in each other in the process. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. So how – so we know – okay, so in order to prevent or help – burnout, like help to kind of recoup from burnout, um, support, you know, asking for help is something that we could do. Um, but let's say, let's focus first on some of the independent things that we can do before we ask for help. Yeah. So one of the things I talk about with moms is how we can increase self-compassion. And now this is like, you know, like a trending word. (laughs) It's like a buzz, a buzz phrase. Uh, self-compassion. We need to have some more self-compassion. And I always talk about this, like, what does that mean? And I, I, I welcome things that become trendy and popular because it brings more awareness to it. But I want to talk a little bit about what that even means and how can we apply this and how can we start to practice self-compassion. And I'm actually going to be doing, um, I have a guide, a self-compassion guide that's coming out soon, soon ish. So keep your eyes peeled for that. But self-compassion is really, uh, it's composed of these three components and the first being self-kindness and self-kindness is if we treated ourselves, like we treat other people, you know, do we have that same type of forgiveness that same, you know, do we offer ourselves that same grace and say, it's okay. So can we comfort ourselves actively and say, you're not, um, you're not a bad mom because you had this bad moment. It's just how it is, right? So it's being able to comfort ourselves in that, in the tough stuff, and even in the the not so tough stuff. So the first piece being that self kindness, and um, the second piece is this common humanity. It's remembering that we are all suffering to some degree, right? Our lives, every single one of us walking the face of this earth suffers somehow. And my suffering might look different than your suffering. 
And in different seasons, it can flip flop and that's okay. Because what we tend to do is we tend to say like, we kind of develop this woe is me approach where we feel like we are the only person Mm -hmm. that has experienced this current Mm -hmm. thing. And it's just not true. This is a lie that we begin to believe and we begin to fuel and it makes us feel worse about the experience. So when we remember that we are all suffering and not just suffering, but we're all experiencing the, you know, the human experience, um, it's, it's better and easier to understand. And the third piece of self-compassion is being more mindful and mindful is how can we just be in this moment and not judge it or be so critical of the moment and fuel it with negative, um, I guess, interpretations. So I teach people like different practices for self-compassion and increasing self-compassion, but I just love the idea of really looking at ourselves through the lens of someone else. And to the moms I work with, it's kind of like through the lens of your, your child, you know, what do you think they think Mm -hmm. of you? And you've seen like those commercials and the projects, like these social psychology projects that they've done where they interview kids. And if it's not your kid, maybe it's somebody that you just know is your supporter. And if they're non-judgmental and they see you fully, not just the bad parts of you, like what would they say? Like what would they say about you and how would they support Mm -hmm. you? And that's the kind of person that we need to be. That's who we need to show up as every day. Because that's like the only way that we can really live this life that's worthwhile. Otherwise we are constantly putting ourselves down, um, comparing ourselves to other people, living in the past or the future and not right now. So it's that self-compassion piece is incredibly important. One of the most relentless mental loads is being the juggler of medical appointments, researching doctors, reading reviews, making phone calls to book appointments. It's a lot of stress when you're already juggling so much invisible labor. That's what makes ZocDoc great for moms. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of highly rated in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. ZocDoc has doctors of all specialties, including therapists, psychiatrists, and psychologists with verified patient reviews so you can make sure they check all your boxes. You can find mental health providers who offer in-person appointments, virtual consults, or both, whatever works for you. The typical wait time to see a mental health provider booked on ZocDoc is just four days. Sometimes you can even book same-day appointments. Make juggling appointments easier with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com momwell and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated therapist, psychiatrist, or psychologist today. That's ZocDoc.com momwell. ZocDoc.com momwell. Mealtime with kids can be stressful, but with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals, it can be a lot easier. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. No worrying about ingredients and nutrition, no prep, no mess, and no cooking while wrangling toddlers. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or vegan and veggie. Also discover more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, 
snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up for your springtime goals. Factor can even be tailored to your schedule. Customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Take the stress out of meals with Factor. Head to factormeals.com slash momwell50 and use code momwell50 to get 50% off your first box. Want to get smarter about your health but feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction? We hear a lot about gut health, microbiomes, and other nutrition topics, but taking the time to research these is exhausting, and there's a lot of misinformation out there. The Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast makes it so much easier to get the information you need. With the help of world-leading scientists, the podcast gives you research-based information so you can make informed choices for yourself without pressure and guilt. People are loving Zoe Science and Nutrition. Listener Stephanie's Apple Review says the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast is a life-changing, science-based, myth-busting podcast. That's a must-listen for anyone who eats food and wants to understand how it affects their body. With the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast, you can join Stephanie and millions of others accessing quality information about their health. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. In working with women day in and day out, the inner critic or the inner mean girl that, you know, mm-hmm. we have and some to more or of a lesser degree, depending on our life experience and how our relationship was with our parents or other relationships in life and how it shaped that, that voice of that inner critic. But like the remedy for that is that self-kindness and that self-compassion, right? And when mm-hmm. working with people like it really drove home for me one day when when we were talking. I was having a, like a a reparenting conversation about you know like what how you would talk to yourself as a child versus how I would talk to adult me, you know, or how mm-hmm. I would talk to even like my son versus how I talk to myself, and like why why do I use such tact and compassion and kindness and gentleness and understanding with a child, but can like what turn around at the other, you know, five minutes later and berate myself for having made a mistake or, you know, um, we owe ourselves the same compassion and the same kindness and the same filtering of our words with ourselves than, than we do and in, in how we handle our children. Like it's very important for us. It really is. And I think that Sometimes it's kind of like, well, that's silly. (laughs) Like what is a little bit of self-compassion going to do for me? Um, But it goes beyond just being, you know, like it sounds like, Like, oh, good job. New age stuff or something. Yeah. Yeah, Like, yes. It sounds like it's just, okay, well, I get it. You want me to be nice to myself or I should talk to myself. Um, Like I talk to my kid, but what are the real benefits? And what researchers have found is that when we're kind to ourselves, it we actually experience a release of oxytocin, and that's the feel-good hormones. Mm. So that's that you sense this increase in trust, calm, safety, all that stuff in your body. And um, so it's not just something that's we make up and we're just talking about. But when we're kind to ourselves, there is our body is responding. And conversely, when we're critical, 
we have a different response in our body that triggers our um, brain to send signals that increase our blood pressure, our adrenaline, our cortisol. So there are different, you know, physiological responses in our body when we're critical versus when we're kind. So that's why the practice of, you know, really doing that work and really talking to ourselves, like, imagine if your kid heard you talk, like those thoughts were out loud. Like that's where I find it like, my gosh, I would never want my son to hear me talk, like hear that critic. You know, I would never want him to hear it because I don't want him to ever think that about himself. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And, And sometimes that inner critic does, we verbalize it, you know, we vocalize it where we say stuff like, gosh, I'm so stupid. And those seem like little things to a lot of people, but they are not. They are absolutely not. And the words that we speak are so, um, they can be so activating in our body, but our children are always paying attention. They're always listening to these things. And the next thing you know, you see, you know, your kids saying the same things about themselves. And I guess it's like they're accepting that it's okay to be that critical. Right, right. Yeah. And, and like, we talk so much about as parents, like how our behavior is a model for our children, right? But that mm-hmm. doesn't just go to like the actual outward expressions. You know, it's not just about like the mm-hmm. outward expression of your words or your behavior, but it's also in the things that you model in your self-compassion and in your setting of boundaries and things that are more subtle and unspoken that you are taking care of yourself, you know? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. Like all the praise hands right now. (laughs) All the praise (laughs) hands. Yeah. All the praise hands. But it's so incredibly true that we, uh, like I think of like just taking care of ourselves. I mean, another thing that we can do to combat uh, mommy burnout is taking time for leisure. And every single time I bring that up, it's like, what? (sighs) How can I do that? You know, like, what does that even look like? What does that even mean? But you're right. We, we model this, but it's not even, I mean, yes, we, I, I, I understand. And I recognize it's very important to model these things for our children, but gosh, how important is it for each of us to take care of ourselves? And, um, like I talked about that study about, you know, accidents at work. And I just think of how can we really mess things up if we're not taking breaks? Mm -hmm. And if we're not taking breaks, how easily are we going to um, feel that anger and that irritability at home? If we're not taking those breaks, how easily are we going to slip up and say things we don't really mean, but we are just so burned out that we're saying Mm -hmm. them. And it's, it's so important. And I always talk about like how things don't have to look a certain way. And I think we've talked about this before, but like, I don't expect everybody to be taking, you know, like a bubble bath, candlelit bubble bath with a glass of champagne or something. And although that's, a, if that's for you, that's for you, you do it. But it can be something very simple and as simple as like, I'm going to sit outside for 10 minutes and let the sun touch my skin. Yeah. Or I'm going to start saying no to the things that are not bringing me joy anymore. Yeah. Or I'm going to, you know, cut people out of my life that don't belong there. Mm -hmm. So it's really about protecting your inner space and your, your, um, energy. Like all the goosebumps when we talk about boundary setting, because if you Mm -hmm. like in order to prioritize self-care and in order to scale back to recover from burnout, 
you have to, it's essential to learn to enforce healthy boundaries. Like, I I don't know how you can manage it without doing that. Like learning to say no, like if it's not a Mm -hmm. yes, and if there is ambivalence, and if there's humming and hawing about like, it's a no, just call it a no, you know? All right. So in terms of other things that we can do to help prevent or even recover from this burnout, what are some other things? The other things that we can do is really connect to other people. And I know we all often talk about social support. We need support. We need people to step in and help us. The problem is, is that there are people everywhere, but most moms are reporting that they're experiencing this surface level relationships with other moms where we feel like we do have friends, but we can't go deep with them. We can't ask them for help. We can't um, tell them the ugly stuff that goes on inside of us or what we're thinking. So part of that is establishing and developing connections. And often we just kind of, we've given up on that. A lot of people have moved far away from family and friends, whether it's people from high school or from college or their neighborhoods. So they just feel a little isolated in their motherhood experience. So part of what researchers have found is that we need to be, um, to maintain friendships as women, we need to talk to one another, but we need to do that often. So, I mean, that sounds like, okay, yeah, duh, right? We need to be talking and we need to be talking to each other often, but this goes beyond like the text messages and, um, you know, social media messaging. And it kind of, it's like, how can I connect to this person one-on-one? Do I need a phone call? Do I need a video chat? Do I need to see this person like in live time so that we can connect with one another and share? Cause we'll be just more open to sharing with them. So part of that is getting to know the people around us, nurture your friendships that you do have. That doesn't mean we can just, we have to scrap them and throw them in the trash, but getting to know the people that are in our lives, um, get connected with your kids, uh, your kids, friends, parents. Yeah. Some of them are weird. Some of them are cool. Get to know them. <laughs> Ask. I always tell people like, get your, get to know your neighbors. Cause you want to make it accessible. Mm. We don't want to make this like something that's so difficult Uh, A lot of people talk about, you know, joining a community for moms. And I think it's a great idea, but it doesn't work for everybody. Mm -hmm. But if it does, you just have to find a community that's for you, that fits you. Whether that's based on, you know, for some people it's fitness related. For others, it's uh, just motherhood. It's like a postpartum support group, or it can be like a specific interest group or faith-based Just find the group, find something for you. And it doesn't have to be what worked for everybody else. It doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to have a crew of friends 20 deep. It just means that you have to get connected with other people and keep showing up because we show our kids how to make friends and sustain friendships when we are actively pursuing our friendships. Yeah. And I think that within those friendships, being intentional about the conversations that you're having, because a trap that we mm-hmm. fall into as moms is like, oh, you know, this milestone and this is happening and we're starting this solid and this food and this thing, which is like great to have those conversations. But then like the real conversations we need to be having are like the Meghan Markle moment, you know, of like, how mm-hmm. are you actually doing? Right? Like, Absolutely. how are you yeah. as mom doing? How are you coping? How are things? Not like how's your baby sleeping as like a measure of comparison, you know, of who is doing better as a mom, but like, no, like, how are you? Are you getting sleep? Like, 
How can you ask hubby to get up in the middle of the night or your partner or, you know, um, being intentional about making those connections? Because it is very, very simple to fall into the show up to mommy group, show up to play group or whatever, have a little chit chat Mm -hmm. with the moms that are there on the play date and then just just leave and not not sincerely connect, right? And those are some of the places that you can start to connect in in the circles that you're already in. You may not have or feel those strong connections right now, but it takes being intentional to truly build them and to to go deeper. Mm-hmm. Something that I talk about even in keeping mommy in mind is my the e-course that's coming up is how we develop these support networks. But also knowing that each person in our life is like they do different things, right? For us, our friends have a purpose. And I'm not saying like everyone's disposable and we use them for different things because we want to be the friend that we're seeking as well. But every single friend, we know that we have a friend that we can, you know, share the deep stuff with. We know that we have a friend that's reliable that can maybe pick up the kids or, or just drop by with dinner or is just, uh, maybe there's another friend that's really thoughtful and just does sweet things. Everyone is a little different. And I think part of knowing that not every single one of the people in our lives is going to do it all and they can't possibly do it all. And that's okay. But it's really paying attention to the role they play in our lives, but also being brave and bold enough to just reach out. That's going to be the piece that I feel like we have to be brave. We have to be bold because really no one knows what's going on in our inner world. No one knows what's going on there unless we start to talk about it and we start to share with the people that we feel safe sharing with. So I always say like the first thing we do is we can be the friend that we want and that we're looking for and um, know that every single person has something different to offer us as a friend. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I have that conversation with with women and with couples all the time. Like your partner cannot be that be all and end all for you either, right? Like they cannot be the sole mm-hmm. person to meet all of your social, emotional, you know, physical, like all these, well, physical, you know, <laughs> like to each his own with whatever your relationship is. But like, hopefully in my relationship, I'm the only one meeting the physical, but like, but yeah, like we can't be, we can't be like all to like our spouse cannot be everything to us, just like our one friend can't. So we have to diversify, don't have all your eggs in one basket, have different friends for different things. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hi guys, Erica here. I just needed to pop in and tell you about something very exciting. I have teamed up with my bestie, Dr. Asherina Reem, to bring you guys something really, really special. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was expecting and I was preparing for baby to come, I went to all the Lamaze classes, all of the birthing classes. I even learned a little bit about breastfeeding, but there was nothing that I experienced or was offered that prepared me for the emotional and psychological adjustment I was going to go through in motherhood. Dr. Reem has created a course called Keeping Mummy in Mind, and this course is to help 
expecting moms who are transitioning to motherhood, moms who are in that postpartum period, or moms who are just adjusting to this massive transition of motherhood. This course teaches you how to challenge the unrealistic expectations of motherhood, process the grief and loss about this transition, and also really goes deep into teaching you evidence-based skills to manage your mood, your anxiety, your depression. Guys, this is a robust resource, and I am so excited to partner with Dr. Asharina in this. To find out more and to join the course, you can go to happyasamother.co slash shop and use the course code happyasamother10 to get $10 off the course. Once again, that's happyasamother.co slash shop using the coupon code HAPPYASAMOTHER10 to receive $10 off this amazing course. I always challenge people to reach out to somebody. Like, if that's your your challenge for the week, do it. Reach out to somebody, whether it's a friend that you knew from before, somebody that's in your life now that's an acquaintance that you just exchanged numbers with. Reach out. Like, take a step this week that maybe you wouldn't have. Um, before, because you're just kept questioning it and you're scrutinizing it and challenge yourself to do that. Yeah. And know that it's not a burden to do that. You know, like other moms want to talk and connect on that level and know that they aren't alone Mm -hmm. in those feelings either. And the moments that I really started having some of those real conversations with some of my close mommy friends is like when we really started to bond and share in our experience and get one another was when we had that mutual back and forth. So it's not about burdening. It's not about putting like your, your emotions or feelings or like challenges onto another person. It's just about, like you said, joining in that shared human experience and know that we're, we're in this together. You're not alone in these feelings. Like Mm -hmm. motherhood is hard, you know? Yeah. All right. So all of this is really super interesting. And I know that you have something exciting in the works that you dive into many of these topics in greater detail. So talk to us about where we can find you, what you've got coming up um, in, I guess, a couple of weeks, or this will be launching maybe during launch week. So what have you got going yeah, on? Yeah, I'm. you can find me everywhere. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. I'm Psyched Mommy on Facebook. I'm Psyched Mommy on Pinterest. I'm Psyched Mommy. My website, psychedmommy.com. Um, but yeah, so I always tell people to keep their eyes peeled either on my Instagram or on my front, uh, part of my email list. I am launching the most amazing resource that I could have ever put together. It's called keeping mommy in mind. And it's an e-course that has live, not sorry, not live videos, but there are videos, self-paced videos and a workbook that's about 50 pages and then a virtual community in Facebook where I will be connecting with moms. You guys will connect with one another and I will be answering questions and offering more resources there as well. So the whole, the whole idea of keeping mommy in mind was to really teach moms the skills they need to improve their mood, um, teach them the skills that they need to get reconnected in their relationship, help them find social support and really help them navigate that transition to motherhood and challenge the expectations that they had of themselves and challenge the myths of motherhood and figure out who they are rather than I'm just mom. It's really a lot of information. It's really comprehensive. I've spent 
a great deal of time creating it, but I know it will be worthwhile. Yeah. And I know you and I know your stuff and I know that this is going to help so many women out there. Thank and you. I'm so proud of you for all the hard <laughs> work you. you're putting into this. I am. And I know that you're going to touch so many people. And I know that um, like therapy services are often um, inaccessible to people. And not that this is a replacement for therapy, but it's certainly like a self-paced, mm-hmm. self-help type of course um, for the cost of less than one of my therapy sessions. And they can get so much incredible mm-hmm. content from you. And I know you've put your heart and soul into this. So I'm so happy Thank to you. You know, be on this journey with you and watch you go through this because I, I sincerely think that you are going to help so many moms with this. So I can't wait to share it and shout it from the rooftops once you've launched it. And I'm just, yeah, I'm just so grateful and appreciative for you. Thank you for showing up in the world the way you do with your passion and, and your desire. Oh to my gosh, and you're giving me goosies. I'm going to start crying day. here. Don't make me cry. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I sincerely mean it. Yeah. And we'll have yes. you back soon, I'm sure. Guys, seriously, how awesome is Dr. Asherina? Now, if you're looking for more free resources from her, I've had her on Happy as a Mother podcast a few times now. So today she covered mommy burnout. In episode 002, she covers a mommy rage, postpartum rage, where it comes from, why we experience it, and how we can overcome it. And in episode 015015, we cover isolation and loneliness in motherhood, where Dr. Asherina really helps to unpack how we can overcome this isolating, lonely experience of being home with this little babe. And if this is not enough and you want more from her and you really want to learn how to manage your mood and you want to learn about how breastfeeding can interact with your mental health, if you want to learn about your adjustment in your relationship postpartum and how to manage conflict and improve communication, then Keeping Mummy in Mind is the course for you. And I'm really serious, guys. I don't take these things lightly. I wouldn't get on here and be in support of and partner up with a course that I didn't truly believe in. It's evidence-based. It's got so much quality information and resources for you. And I highly recommend you go and check it out if you feel like you are struggling and you need some support. Now, this course is not a replacement for therapy, but it does walk you through in a self-help type of way, ways to find the skills you need to improve your mood and to feel better. And guys, it's less than the cost. It's actually half of the cost of what an hourly session would be with me. It's an affordable way for you to get some of the support that you need. And with it comes a Facebook community where Dr. Asherina is answering and fielding questions. You can enroll in the course at no risk to you with a 30-day money-back guarantee to make sure that this is the type of course that will suit your needs. So head to the website and check it out. It's happyasamother.co slash shop and your code happyasamother10 to receive $10 off today. I can't even begin to tell you how happy and honored I am that you choose to spend your time here with me each week. If you're looking for the resources and things that were discussed in today's show, you can find them in the show notes, which is linked in the episode description. 
or you can head directly to happyasamother.co slash podcast and find all of the show notes there. If you're looking for support and connection with other moms, you can head over to facebook.com slash groups slash happy as a mother and join our Facebook community. This community is filled with women just like you and I who want to support and uplift one another through our postpartum journey. And until next episode, mama, I want you to know, keep showing up. You're doing a great job.